સંસ્કૃતિ આપણા કલા અને રિવાજો છે જે ઘણા વર્ષોથી ચાલે છે સંસ્કૃતિ એ આપણા કાયદા અને જાણ પણ છે આપણા સંસ્કૃતિ કાયમ બદલે છે અને તે અન્ય સંસ્કૃતિઓ પાસેથી ઉધાર લે છે Welcome back to Notes from the Field. I'm Dr. Nathan H. Madsen, and with me today is Dr. Sarah Riccardi-Swartz. You may know her as the co-host of this podcast. She's also the postdoctoral fellow in the Recovering Truth Project at the Center for the Study of Religion and Conflict at Arizona State University. Both Sarah and I wanted to give a little um, opportunity for each other to talk about our research and, and give you, the listener, a little bit more insight into who we are. So this is the first of two interviews. Um, I will be interviewing Sarah today about her and her research. And then in a future episode, she will be interviewing me. So first, let's start off with Sarah. What brought you to anthropology? Oh, gosh, you have to start off with that question, Nathan. Like, that's a huge (laughs) question. (laughs) It's a great place to start. Well, I, you know, I remember my, I'll go a little bit farther back than most scholars will probably, probably would on this podcast. But um, I remember my parents telling me that as a child, I, when they, when they would take me out to restaurants, I would go up to each booth and try to talk to people. (laughs) And this is when I was like, you know, three or four years old. And I was just so curious about people. And I think I've, I've kept that with me through the years. And I started out my my college career in religious studies. I was really interested in texts and um, ideas. And then I took um, an American religions class and thought, wow, we could study religion in America. How awesome is that? Um, but it was still historically based. So I was spending a lot of time doing archival work. I worked on um, the 17th and 18th century. And then I happened to take a class on women and religion um, with the amazing Laura Hobbs. I'm going to give a shout out to her because she's fabulous. Um, and part of the one of the components for the class was an oral history interview. And I had no idea how to do that. But I learned really quick. <laughs> That's how so much fieldwork happens. <laughs> And I actually ended up interviewing um, an Orthodox abbess at a monastery, a very small monastery in rural Missouri. And it was like one of the, I I think, you know, I I recently told a friend, I think that was probably the best interview that I ever took part in because it was, I didn't know what I was doing. So I was so liberated, right? You know, after you go through graduate school, you have all of these mechanisms for, um, conducting interviews you have like theory and practice and you know what you should ask and how you should ask it um so that the person can give you the most open answer um so that you're not creating bias etc but i didn't know any of that right i'm this undergraduate who just interviews an abbess of a monastery and i just asked wild questions about her life (laughs) like it was totally uninhibited And it was, you know, I I went back actually recently and listened to that interview again, and it was shocked at how um, productive it was. And um, so I I was hooked from that from that point on. And I was also hooked on studying orthodoxy in the United States because it really is quite understudied. Um, So I 
I ended up doing my my MA at Missouri State as well and uh, worked with John Schmalzbauer, who's a sociologist, and created um, a project that would allow me to conduct interviews and do field work. Um, and then I thought I would be doing that sort of in the vein of religious studies uh, when I went to a PhD program, but it ends up that I found myself quite happily in uh, a PhD program for anthropology. Uh, one of the, o- actually the only PhD in anthropology I applied to. Um, and I will say that Nathan, you, you did a lot of persuasive work and it was very helpful. So thank you. I'm very happy that we had you at NYU. Um, I don't think that either your or my graduate education would be the same without each other. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, that's how I, I came to anthropology, but really in whatever area I worked, whether it was, you know, with Moravians in the 17th century, uh, 17th, 18th centuries, or whether it was, you know, with, um, far-right Christians in Appalachia, my whole drive, and I think it's the drive of anthropology, is to understand what really makes us the same and different and what, and how we connect to each other as human beings um, and how we create and dismantle cultural structures. So in whatever field I'm in, and I feel like I straddle both the humanities and social sciences, that's what I'm aiming to do. I think that's great. And, you know, as we have more guests on the show, I think we're all going to see, you know, slightly different ways of getting into anthropology. But I think for many of us, it's always going to be about this idea of what makes us human and and how do we understand that. So I think that's that's wonderful. So Sarah, you have you graduated with your PhD in anthropology in two thousand. 20, correct? Yes. And now you are a postdoctoral fellow at Arizona State University. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your work? So I'm part of the Recovering Truth Project, which uh, looks at this post-truth moment, um, trying to understand uh, the current truth divide in our country and how we can sort of get back to the truth of reality. We're always searching for the truth of a common shared reality. Um, and how that might help us heal the, the fractures that we see uh, very present right now in our democracy. So that's my, my work as a, as a postdoctoral fellow. So I'm, I'm heavily involved in creating the podcast series that we have. Um, I write a lot of uh, public-facing work uh, that deals with my own research that is linked to the idea of the post-truth moment um, and uh, democracy. And uh, the, the other important component is that I also, um, I work with our graduate fellows um, and help them create uh, work for public consumption. So that's very important to me, um, that they are uh, open to experiencing new forms of writing that allow their work to be disseminated in ways that's, that's taken up by people outside of the academy. I think that's really important. Um, Anybody who is considering uh, graduate school and certainly people who are already in the uh, academy, I mean, it it produces a certain kind of scholarship, a certain kind of literature. And I think that it's really helpful and useful for a lot of different things, but it's also very siloed and it's very much literally behind a paywall for for many people. 
Um, so I think it's really great to be able to communicate with the wider public and not just, you know, with open access material, but l- really thinking about what does somebody who doesn't have a training in this background or in this field, someone who doesn't have, you know, expertise like I do, how are they going to best understand that and write or produce media for that consumer? Right. Absolutely. So what do you really hope that people are going to be able to take from your scholarship? Well, you know, right now I'm working um, on issues of the far right. And um, I'm, I'm really hoping that people take away from my work um, a better understanding of conservative and ultra-conservative ideologies. Um, what we experience in mass media is this, this us versus them mentality, right? And it goes both ways. Um, it's not just the far right um, sort of, you know, arguing against the left. It's also the left saying, oh, these people don't know what they're talking about. They're backwards, right? Um, they're not well-educated. And so we have a lot of divisive rhetoric between what really has become these uh, partisan groups in the U.S. And we don't know enough about the far right. There, It's not, you know, it's not just one sort of mass group. It's these little nodes in a network of um, ideological belief. And each one is different. Each one has their own unique um, internal logics and language. And my hope is that by understanding the Orthodox far right, people will know a little bit more about um, how transnational politics figures into American rhetoric in the culture wars. Um, And by the culture wars, I mean, there's this sort of partisan divide over social moral issues like same-sex marriage, um, trans rights, women's rights. Um, and these all stem from sort of the, the American, um, the American Protestant, especially American evangelical um, fear of secularism in many ways. And so I'm really interested in seeing how we can learn more about these different groups in order to better understand our political, um, our political environment. That's really taking its it's quite terrifying shape at this moment, even um, post Trump. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Well, this has been you know a pretty short introduction to to you and your work, um, and I'm sure we're going to get to learn more about you in the future. Um, throughout this podcast, but why don't you just tell us what's next? Where are you going from here? Well, my, so my book uh, is currently under review, uh, my book manuscript, and um, I'm hoping that in the next few years that will come out. Um, And that's about my work in Appalachia with a far right community. Um, From there, I'm, I'm really quite interested in um, two issues. One is, um, sort of the history of homophobia in the Orthodox church. Um, And then the other one is uh, queer experiences in the Orthodox church. So uh, sort of the, the, the same thing, which is understanding um, sexuality and how it's perceived of in, in Orthodoxy and lived out, uh, but from two different angles. Uh, And hopefully those will be two different books, one sort of grounded in history, um, historical anthropology, and other one, 
uh, more focused on doing fieldwork among um, queer Orthodox Christians. Well, that sounds really great. And I look forward to reading your book when it finally hits the shelves. And I think your next projects sound really um, like a wonderful continuation of what you have been doing, but also bringing something new and innovative to this, the field of American religion and anthropology of orthodoxy. So I want to thank Dr. Sarah Riccardi Swartz for sitting down for this interview today. And uh, in the future, she will be interviewing me about my research. And um, But for now, thank you again for listening to Notes from the Field. Production support provided by J.D. Swartz, Ran Mo, Anisha Chadha, Shravan Amin, Jerome Yao, Mauro Castro-Martinez, Divyam Singh, and Florence Mohan-Martel. 